0: Hello and welcome to the Millennial to Millionaire podcast. As always, this is your host, Paris Grant, coming to you with everything financial. I understand that it's been a minute since I've last come to you, recorded a fresh new episode for you. But I do hope that you got a lot of value out of my interview with David Keller. Moving on, though, what have I been doing in this I guess, mini hiatus, because for some podcasts, they only put out an episode like what, like once a week, maybe I put out at least twice a week, usually. So for me to go like a week between episodes is like a big deal. But in reality, it's not really. But what have I been doing in that meantime? Well, I've been recording a lot more interviews, a lot more people that are going to be bringing a lot more value to you, not even just in the realm of investing, but just in the realm of life. So please make sure you subscribe and listen out for when I post these uh, guest episodes, because These people are really taking the time out to come be on the show, to share their expertise, to share their value. So I really want to make sure that you're getting the maximum value from this podcast. Also, I mean, I got school and work going on, which is I mean, it's no excuse, but it has been taking up a lot of my time. But I just got my first ever contribution to my 401k. So I am now managing three different portfolios. So it will be super fun to go over all of those with you and let you know what I'm investing in and like how I'm doing it and how I'm diversified and all that good stuff. Also, whenever I make changes to the show, I don't like to announce it before I do it because I feel like in a way it acts as a motivator. But at the same time, I don't like to talk about things before I've done it. But... I was reading through the different reviews and I saw that somebody was kind of upset that I don't have a dedicated place where all my book recommendations go. Um, If you've been a long time listener of the show, you know that I've done book recommendations episodes here and there whenever I find a book that's especially profound or insightful or just something that I really feel like can help. But there's never been one dedicated place where you can go and read through all the different books that I've listed and see what they're about and whether or not you would like to have it for yourself. So included in the show notes is a link to an article that I posted on my LinkedIn page that will be continually updated every time that I read a new book. And it will just be chronicling all the different books that I've read up throughout my journey and what they're about, like the main points of them and why I think you should read them. Now, at that point, if you want to go out and purchase it yourself, go ahead, feel free. Um, Part of the reason why I decided to do this was because, you know, we're all at different ages and stages of our lives. So a book that I read might be very profound for my life, but it might not really mean anything to you and vice versa. So I want to make sure that I'm putting these books out there so that you can take from it whatever you want, not necessarily what I'm telling you to take out of it. So please do go check that out. Now, for today's episode, because it's been such a long hiatus, I'm going to be doing a money diary as well as the M2M news segment. And there is a lot of news. So make sure that you're strapped in. If you're driving a car, you should have already been. But if you're not, make sure you get glued to your seat because this is a doozy. So, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for not unsubscribing. Thank you for listening to the probably the best podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Castbox, anywhere you're listening to it. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you leave a rating and review, and most importantly, tell your friends, but even more importantly, keep it 1 million. Let's get into the show. Yeah! welcome back i understand that i came in a little hot with the intro it just makes me so happy to be able to be here with you and be able to share this information um the whole premise of this podcast is just sharing the information with my generation so yeah i'm happy to be back and it makes me feel weird and like jittery almost to go so long without having recorded so here i am we're back it's thursday what's been going on so i did talk about a little bit on the intro Um, Something that I did miss last week, however, was the biweekly installment of The Money Diary. So I'm going to be going over that right now. Um, And for those of you who have never listened before, this is not usually the format of my episodes, but it's kind of like a collection of different segments that I would usually have done up until now. So if you are a first time listener, I definitely recommend listening to some past episodes and just know that there will be a new episode up in four days But for anybody who, you know, still here, who still wants to listen, who just wants to hear about like how Paris is doing financially, how close he is to becoming a millionaire. uh, Thank you for staying. And I'll be going into that right now. So, as you know, I've been following this money challenge. It was given by Paula Pant. She's the host of the Afford Anything podcast, and it's called the One Tweak a Week Challenge. And basically, it's 26 different tweaks that you do throughout the year that will... You know, that will kind of, I guess, propel you financially forward or will kind of help you learn about different resources or different things that you can do. Um, if you know me personally, I love to do challenges, whether they be week long challenges, 30 uh, day challenges. It's just something that's cool about having a challenge and just like, yeah, it's having like a set goal. It's almost like a video game. I like gamifying things. But the thing about this 26 tweak a week challenge is that it's meant to be the first 26 weeks you do this and then you spend the rest of the year kind of coasting off of like your accomplishments. I've spread it out a little bit more, so I do it every payday. So every time I get paid, I you know that's when the next challenge starts. So the last challenge, um before this was getting your credit, uh, getting your credit scores and credit reports. Um, there's a difference between the two and I explained that in my last money diary episode. So please go look back into that for further explanation. But this week's challenge is actually pretty simple and it doesn't really require any sort of financial working out. Um, it's like a throwaway day or per or have a throwaway day or purge day. um, I think we live in a society now where we're very heavily into consumption and we get things and we forget why we bought them in the first place. And even David Keller in the interview that I just had with him, you know, we have like once we own something, we almost don't want to get rid of it because we have that sense of ownership over it. So, have so the purpose of this challenge for this week is to have a day where you just go throw away anything you don't need, purge yourself. Like it's not necessarily meaning you have to like clean out your entire room and just like get rid of everything, but just really kind of zero in on what's actually important to you, what has priority, what has value. And it can be sentimental value. It doesn't necessarily need to be something that like oh, you need to be able to sell it. It just needs to have actual purpose for being there in your life. And I think that this translates uh, this translates into finances as well, because when it comes to finances, I think the the advice is out there. You know, we got this amazing podcast with this amazing host, Paris Grant, and he always gives you all this financial advice about different things you can do to you know be better. Um, just like, you know, like we all know how to be healthy. We all know how to spend smarter, how to invest more. It's just a matter of like, you know, actually doing it. And I think the thing that varies between person to person is like that emotional investment. Like, why is it important that you get better financially? Why is it important that you start working out? You know, when you start thinking about the why, that's when you can really you don't really have to necessarily worry about the how. So I think that the purpose of having this throwaway day and purge day is to really zero in on what's actually important to you. And then when it comes to making financial decisions, you'll be able to bear this in mind. Like, this is actually what's important to me. This is what I care about. This is what I want to go do um i mean yeah that's it for the challenge i'm actually planning on having that day this sunday which is usually when i do my cleaning anyway but i'll be purging anything that i no longer need i'll be probably donating it or i mean maybe seeing if i have some sort of resale value depends on what it is but uh i will definitely let you know how that goes on the next money diary now sticking on the money diary topic but also kind of going into my own personal financial i guess like status um Up until now, ever since I really got on this whole path to become a millionaire, I've always done things in percentages. You can even listen in uh, some of the earlier episodes where I talk about the different percentages and how I break down my actual paycheck. And I've been kind of, I guess, experimenting with a different way of achieving financial goals instead of systematically putting percentages by percentages by percentages and like letting it kind of build up evenly over time. What I've been doing is I have set percentages where I'm always going to invest the same amount. I'm always going to donate the same amount and I'm always going to use the same amount to pay to uh, to pay down debt. Right. It's 31 percent invested. Sixteen percent goes towards debt payments and five percent goes towards donations every single time. But with the remaining percent, what I would usually do would be to put it inside an online savings account uh, or or as part of my emergency fund. Both of which are solid options, but there's other financial goals I'm trying to hit this year. So what I've been doing instead is after I've done the initial investment, donate, pay down debt, like the three things I always have to do with my paycheck instead of uh, segmenting that remaining like the remaining balance into different percentages and deciding where to put it. I've been thinking or ex- kind of experimenting with and I'll let you know how it goes just like going all in on whatever the financial, like whatever the next financial goal is. So after I've done my investing, after I've donated, after i pay paid down some debt and obviously have money for myself, um, where's that remaining money gonna go? So my newest thing is that there's a new savings account that I wanna open, but there's a minimum balance. Now, instead of, traditionally what I would have done would I would be like, okay, I'm gonna divert another uh, 16% into there until it reaches that certain balance. But instead, I'm like, I could just go ahead right now and just go all in and just use the remaining balance after I've done everything else, after I paid myself first, use that remaining balance, go all into it. Don't worry about like, uh, breaking it up. And I have enough of an emergency fund, emergency fund where it's not irresponsible for me to do so. But by doing this, instead of waiting and delaying that gratification, I could just go all in, get to the point that I want to be in financially, and then move on to the next goal and just use that as like, you know, a new way to build up, because ultimately, I think financial goals, when you meet a financial goal, it should help you increase your finances. So after I've hit this goal, it'll just propel me to the next one. And it'll make it easier to actually get to the next one. So that's all for the money diary. Um, yeah, it's just a quick little explanation of my philosophy on finances and what I'm doing and what my approach is. Um, when I become a millionaire, not if, when I become a millionaire, I want to be able to look back to these Money Diary episodes and just really say, like, I told everybody how I did it. I let everybody inside the mind of Paris. And, you know, here I am. That way, when I write a book, it'll just basically be excerpts from the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And when I get back, we'll be going right into M2M News. This is the Millennial to Millionaire podcast here. We don't keep it 100. We keep it one million. Welcome back. This is M2M News, where I come to you with all the different financial news. And it's been about a week since I've recorded, so I got a good amount to go through. Atherton, California, just topped Bloomberg's richest 100 places to live for the fourth year in a row. Um, This is a thing that they hold every year. And I guess Atherton, California, has been the place for a hot little minute. The average household income there was over $525,000. The cheapest house you can buy there is $2.5 million. If that's not a flex, I don't know what is. Number two was Scarsdale, New York. And number three was staying in California in Hillsboro. So yeah, I mean, I guess if you want to know the best place to live, if you want to spend a lot, a lot of money, those are the top three places. So when it comes to spending a lot of money, I guess that can be a good thing or a bad thing. We all, I mean, hopefully have heard about like the NASDAQ, the New York Stock Exchange, like these are very big exchanges um but now jp morgan and Goldman Sachs are going to be backing a new lower cost exchange set to open this summer it's called uh memex or members exchange and it's gotten a lot of support so um the big three is the nasdaq the new york stock exchange and the i want to say cboe um But yeah, like, whenever you go to look at, like, the markets, this is usually what's going to pop up. If you go on Yahoo Finance, this is usually where they're getting the information from. But they've been said to be acting pretty oligopolistically, which is, uh, like... They're not really a monopoly, but because they're like the three major carriers of this, they, uh, they're they charging too much for market data that banks, firms, and retail brokers need to be able to give their clients. So like I said, when you go on to Yahoo Finance and they're reporting from the NASDAQ, they have to pay the NASDAQ to go do that. So what Members Exchange is trying to go do is trying to find a lower cost alternative so that this information can be more readily available. So uh, set to open this summer. We'll see how that goes. Um, discount brokerages are kind of on the... I mean, they're in their death throes, but even that seems like too much to say because I think it's just more so the way that we've looked at brokerage accounts has changed so much. So, brokerage, uh, discount brokerage account is an account with significantly o- lower fees, but they do not offer financial advice. The end is near. Morgan Stanley announced a deal to buy E-Trade, uh, which, yeah, to buy E-Trade, I want to say for $2.3 billion, um... But retail brokers have already been struggling due to price wards and lots of brokerage houses have been scrapping fees. So it's more so the end of a concept than of a discount brokerage itself. It just means that I think now more and more firms are starting to offer lower fees because they're seeing that that's what's attracting clients and they're starting to kind of be more inclusive in what they're offering to their clients to make sure that there's there's certain kind of value there. So me, I invest, I mean, primarily directly with Vanguard and I mean, I guess you can consider that a discount brokerage because it's online. They're not really offering me financial advice, but the fees are super low. And if I ever do have any questions, I can go call them. So, you know, it's kind of more so the end of a concept than the end of an actual like, I guess, uh, segment or like, you know, yeah, part of uh, the economics. But since we're on the topic of big banks, actually, Wells Fargo is reaching is closing a three billion with a B. Dollar deal to settle the, uh, federal investigations. Uh, for those of you who did not know Wells Fargo opened up fraudulent, they opened up fraudulent accounts and then they charged fees to that accounts. And, uh, it's been, a that happened like years ago, but like they're finally reaching the end of the settlement. And even to, even after the three point, even after the $3 billion that they're going to have to give, you know, they're still going to have to be doing other cost cutting measures like layoffs and, It's just really important to understand who you bank with. I'm not even just saying this as a bank employee, but I think that when you're really deciding to trust a bank with your money, you have to know that you can actually trust them with your money. So that's also what's happening. Now, I didn't want to talk about the coronavirus. I really didn't. When it happened, I thought it was just like a phase. Like I thought it was just a thing that was going to blow over, but it didn't. And here we are. So the coronavirus has finally gotten to the point where I have to talk about it. Apple stock took a huge hit after they announced disruptions in iPhone manufacturing due to the virus. The markets dropped to like not historic lows, but to the lowest point they've been in a decade. Um, They've been stuff got pretty bad. And even now, as I as I speak right now, I think it's starting to kind of reel back up. But it is not at the point where, yeah, you know, it's it's kind of reeling back. So it did have a very dramatic effect. 30-year treasury yields dropped to all to near all-time lows and the imf which is the international monetary fund they still view they still reiterated their view of stabilizing global growth but they are citing the virus as one of its main concerns as in one of the main things that might destabilize the growth um overall i guess right now would be a great time to invest because markets are like kind of cheaper um but i think that the main takeaways from this are that you want to watch who you're banking with and that to know that there's always something going on behind the scenes so no matter what it is you're looking at if you're looking at a stock if you're looking at uh, an index if you're looking at a exchange no matter what you're looking at just know that you're looking at it on the consumer end but then there is something always happening on the back end so make sure that you're kind of what's going on, on the back end is still congruent with what you believe in that is all for today's episode thank you so much for listening and i'll be back on monday with uh, fresh new content of like real real actual content like an actual thing concept advice for you to learn make sure you subscribe make sure you leave ratings reviews you tell your friends but most importantly remember that this is the millennials millionaire podcast my name is paris grant and here we don't keep it 100 we keep it 1 million